Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. You I can't knew it, it. so it's come to this. I didn't know. Uh, oh God, you were thinking of doing the voice, huh? I, I couldn't decide if I wanted to I do knew the it. voice. God, or not. I wanted to know. Oh, that was so tense. And I was like trying to do it. I was like, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna oh, sound man. good. It's not gonna be good wait, if I do it. I was waiting to see if you would do the voice, <laughs> like that scene in Quiz Show. Yeah, like guys in his booth and he's like sweating. <laughs> oh, I didn't know I, uh, the whole time couldn't. watching Vampires Kiss. I'm going. Oh, how many times are we going to do this voice? <laughs> well, who told Nicolas Cage to do a British <laughs> how'd he, accent? How'd he, how'd he do it? How did this happen? How'd he do it? I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. This is a movie podcast. and uh... So we've been doing this for for a bit now. We've been doing this for a while. This is three years. This is at least more. And Nick Cage felt like a guy that we'd be doing a lot. Because you're a big Nick Cage guy. Sure. And I mean, who isn't, though? I know, right? That's he's, not like a special thing he's about He's so me. good. And we, we kind of looked back. We've done Wild at Heart. Mm-hmm. That's great. We've done Pig, which was our favorite. Snake Eyes is a great episode and a great movie. So we've covered Cage. But there is so much Cage that I have not There's uncovered. There's too much. There's actually too much There's, officially. But yeah. A lot of good Nick Cage that yeah we have yet to tap into. And so we're coming up on... Episode 200, mm-hmm. which feels crazy. We're saying we need to just blow out, blow out to 200 with all the Nicolas Cage, right? That's right. Just cover the eras. Doing a mini marathon here. And we put down our own private ballot of Nick Cage movies from every decade. There's so many to choose from. I wrote down 40 different movies <laughs> that yeah. I wanted to see this guy. There's movies I've never heard of before. He directed some movie with James Franco. As a as like a male prostitute called Sunny. Yeah. What? That's that was out in two thousand and two. There's there's hidden gems from all all ages. Every all every eras. age there was movies I hadn't heard of. Yeah. Obviously there's a lot I haven't heard of from like twenty ten to twenty twenty. So. Yeah. But then once he came out with once like Mandy hit, Cage is back. Mm-hmm. Cage is back now, right? Oh yeah, he's going strong now. And I think it was watching Pig. And uh, I had a job interview, rec- like after we watched Pig a little bit. Yeah. And uh, the guy asked me, like, "Yeah, oh, so what's your like uh, favorite movie of the last year?" I was like, "Well, I loved Pig. It blew me away. Nick Cage blew me away." He's like, "Oh, cool. Who's your favorite actor?" I was like, "I gotta, I gotta go, Cage, Nick Cage. Right? Yeah, you gotta see this movie." And so, yeah, it definitely was just one of those like, "Yeah, he's he's the man." Pig is one of the most. I- the the further removed I am from Pig, the more powerful I realized it was for me. The, the that movie changed the way I thought about things. Mm-hmm. You know that doesn't have to be a major life shift, but something that makes you think about a thing differently. That's that's big, and Pig has had a major effect on me. It's Nick Cage, man. Yeah. It's Cage. He can do it all. He really can. And he does. And he chooses to do it he all. He did a Western this year yeah. that we haven't talked about. The Old Way. It's it's great. 
Mm. It's a, it's the only western he's done. It's great. Mandy is incredible. Mandy's fantastic. We're gonna build up to Mandy. We'll I'll spoil that. Yeah, we're capping this but off with Mandy. Yeah, we're gonna do a little month long Nick Cage fest. Yeah, because if Pig was my favorite movie of what last year, the year before, Mandy was my favorite movie of 2018. Yeah, Guys, that's a, that's in the top five maybe for me at this. Like it's just like the more I think about that, it's like. The I I'll spoil this also. To me, I was thinking about this. Mandy is like the most movie. <laughs> it's just the most of everything. The scariest. I'm kind craziest. of dreading rewatching it, man. I saw it the it's theater with you so much a few years ago. It's so intense. It's the most like psychedelic. It's the yes. most outrageous chainsaw fight. I can't wait to talk about it. that movie. It's crazy, messed up, and Nick Cage is just he's too good. Yeah, they can't keep him down. He and he's he's known as the wild man, you know. He's he's been uh, almost parodied at this point, and none more than like this movie. Yeah, when people that think of him as like a meme, the people that only know him that way, you can't just appreciate all this guy's done for movies. <laughs> Want to just laugh? I mean, it's never more present than in Vampire's Kiss. Yeah. I didn't realize his, his this meme uh, or this quality of him went back this far. Yeah, like this is eighty eight, this is eighty nine. Yeah, is pretty early. This is before he's a big action star. Post Valley Girl. This is a weird <laughs> movie for him to make at this point, right? Had he even done Moonstruck? This might be. Yeah, like, this is after Moonstruck. So he's done like the very mainstream <laughs> a, romantic comedy. I mean, he's, he's like, like Oscar worthy in Moonstruck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. Two years earlier, he's right? A star. He is great in Moonstruck. Clear, like. Great acting. Mm-hmm. Valley Girl, he has the great heart-shaped chest hair. Deborah Foreman. Cute couple, right? But right. Moonstruck, next level. And two years later, this is a choice. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is crazy. This, In hindsight, it's yeah. it's one of those things that's just like, good for him. I love Nick Cage for this. This could have gone bad. The fact that he gets away with this yeah, and like gets the... hired after this movie <laughs> yeah. is insane. The fact that it doesn't slow him down and he goes directly into the most fruitful part of his yeah. career. I know, right? David Lynch probably watches this and goes like, I could do something with this how, guy. I mean, that's, <laughs> when you talk about risk takers, yeah. how could you not respect the man? He got away with it. You know, yeah. Michael Pere was the coolest dude in the world in Streets of Fire. He didn't get away with it. <laughs> He couldn't act great, and he didn't make it. He didn't go, like he. He didn't go big enough. That no. was his problem. He was too subtle, too parade. cool, too quiet. Nick Cage knows to be a movie star, you got to be big. You're on the big screen. You got to be loud. You got to be jumping on couches. You got to be yelling out the alphabet. As in, got to do it. As insane as he is in this movie, it felt like he was playing a silent era movie star with all the big fake emotions. But with the volume of Nicolas Cage. Yep. <laughs> and it's, it's so good. This was a really unex- unexpected movie for me. Having not seen it, having only known the clips that you see in the Nick Cage's crazy clip shows. Yeah. Uh, with his eyebrows up and his of eyes course. wide and stuff. Big unibrow eye work. Yeah. This was a really weird uh, 80s vampire movie. It feels like American Psycho. Mm-hmm. But as an outright vampire movie. All the boardroom kind of scenes and that kind of talk feel like American Psycho 20 years later, Definitely. 10 years later. And uh, it's just this full cage movie with nothing but cool babes 
<laughs> That's true. And a weird tone where the trailer for this movie makes it seem like an outright comedy. Yeah, it's like advertised as a comedy. Yeah. And it's got like the poster of him like under the legs. <laughs> like, whoa, I think that's, I think Vampire's Kiss, bro. I think Once Bitten and Vampire's Kiss have really similar posters. Yeah. I think Jim Carrey's making a really like, similar face on to the, the bottom. Uh, yeah. I think that's it. So, yeah, you're like, it's like seduction and murder. What you do for love? Vampire's Kiss. <laughs> and then the whole movie is just him like, crying he has begging this whole people to kill him existential crisis for like 90 minutes <laughs> it's, of this it's movie. a man losing touch with reality and just going absolutely insane yeah and uh hurting people in the process and uh it was presented as a man going crazy on mescaline there's not a lot to laugh <laughs> at the, here in like the commercial he's like wearing sunglasses <laughs> what? this dude is messed up in the head yeah. uh peter lowe british this, Who told him to talk like this? <laughs> this, this accent, is, man. This is one of many choices he makes that I can't believe anyone else but him would or could do. It's got to be the worst for a director, like an actor situation, where one of them shows up with an idea that they're going to force. Yeah. And it turns out to be something like, like at this point, what, is he coming off Moonstruck big time in it? Saying like, no, I do voices now. <laughs> I get That's to... right, because isn't he like a big Italian guy in Moonstruck? Yeah. yeah. And so or this one, it's like, the Greek no, guy. I do hair and voice work now. Yeah. That's a thing that everybody has to accept from now on, and sometimes teeth stuff will be involved. It, yeah. It, it almost feels like he got the script, hated it, had to do it, <laughs> and was like, I'm going to fuck this up any way I can. And I'm going to start by making him slightly British. Sometimes. He sounds like he's until do- I start yelling. He sounds like he's doing like a fake Wit Stillman character, <laughs> <laughs> like he's making fun of a guy in Metropolitan. Yeah, it's yeah, or yeah, it's like almost Cary Grant kind of accent. Yeah, but then he he starts acting like a silent era performer, but doing loud Nick Cage voices, and it is a one of a kind performance. Yeah, it's everything that they say it is, but it's not funny. It's not funny, it's but also the casting really is really great, because all the women in this, if Nick Cage makes this movie, I loved all the women in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jennifer Beals, if you would have positioned this movie as just a vampire movie starring 25-year-old Jennifer Beals, I would have seen that. I think a lot of people probably did based on that, yeah, right? She's not on, she's like not on the poster. <laughs> Those might be her legs. They might be her legs. Maybe. <laughs> I Stand love, in legs. I love Jennifer Beals. I love her as the vampire, if the vampire exists, or it's not just a oh, mescaline dream. It definitely does not exist. Yeah. <laughs> I, I at no point thought the vampire was an actual thing in this movie. Cage is in deep in this movie. Yeah. This isn't quite leaving Las Vegas level of an addiction and a descent. But he's descending. Oh, he yeah. plays these descending characters. I think the bat was real. The bat in the beginning <laughs> is real. I think that really came into the apartment and broke up him and Cassie Lemons. Cassie Lemons was real. She Casey was real. Cassie Lemons. Cassie. Yeah. I love Cassie yeah, Lemons. She's the best. Yeah, we talked about her on the original Candyman episode. I know that. She's good, man. She's, she's She'll be great. in our school days episodes. Silence of the Lambs. I love anything Cassie Lemons shows up in. And here... You have naked Cassie Lemons drunk, screaming at a bat, and then laughing with a kid. <laughs> Classic Lemons. They spend a lot of time lemons. watching, uh, yeah, letting you through the window watch Nick Cage and Cassie Lemons make out. 
I love it. Nick Cage smooch is good. We know that. <laughs> Cage smooch is good. Now I know where that came from. Cage smooch is good. This is that peak long hair rock and roll Nick Cage era. And he smooch is good. He's one I'll of our that. great hair actors. He has made so many choices. You know, when some guys go, when when it goes up top, they handle it in different ways. Like, they can't all be statum. Mm-hmm. You know, right. not, not everybody's Terry Crews or The Rock. Some people have to make <laughs> different choices. Nick Cage would not have worked as a uh, Cuban. <laughs> Nick Cage has had so many hair choices post, like, 89. Because here it was still, like, there, but you could tell. It was yeah. fuzzing out on top, right? Yeah. So we went longer on the sides and top to make up for it, which just made it like wing out in a bunch of cool ways. Starting in 89, his hair work just went crazy. Mm-hmm. The guy's a legend. He's got great hair. But this is like an existential movie. This is more than like, this is a man's descent. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it really struck me watching it. Like, this is not a comedy. And the com- if the comedy's there, it's dark. It's in like you know his therapist. His therapy mm-hmm. sessions have this dark humor but to them. Is that therapist ever real? <laughs> At the end of the movie, I find it a good case to be made that that therapist never existed. But Cage makes so many of these physical choices mm-hmm. in this movie that he really dictates what we feel about this movie, right? I don't know. It felt like such a guy taking over a movie that he was changing the plot slightly to this movie. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, I, I do feel like there's there's that aspect. Like, I'm sure the director wanted to make a fun modern day vampire movie, but a guy thinks he's going crazy, and Nick Cage just <laughs> took it so much to the extreme. There are scenes that feel like he's trying to get anguish. them like cut out of the movie. <laughs> exactly. He does these kind of hair whips. In some scenes, and like some hand-on-hip work, <laughs> they're like, they'll never make this. This this scene will be unusable. Like he was trying to shape what he wanted in and out of the movie. And then the guy's like, no, we're doing all of it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it looks like all the other actors on camera are uncomfortable around him. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the All the secretaries, obviously the main secretary that he uh, attacks. But everyone in that office is like, what's up with this guy? What's you know, he like, doing? Like, yeah, as if he's been like that all day, every day, and they're just like, is, he, is this a method thing? Is, is... I bet there's like, you know, there's actors that I better just dreams to work with. Like, you never hear somebody go like, you know who was a real terror? Bob Newhart. <laughs> like, I bet you work a, work a day under the lights with Bob Newhart. You go home, six o'clock, feeling pretty good. After working some of these scenes with Nick Cage... <laughs> <laughs> He assaults every person he's near in this movie. Even when he's like getting bit, everything is so aggressive and so like this guy could fly off at any minute. Yeah, but it really does. Yeah, it feels like on set he's just messing with people. <laughs> yeah, and like they catch that one woman being like, "He's so eccentric." Like that wasn't in the script. That was just her being like, "Why did he have to knock my props over?" Like some, I bet it's different. I bet depending on your mood, like I bet some days like Robin Williams was like really great. But then I bet, like, on a certain Fridays, it's just like, Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, when he's, like, insists on sitting in the writer's room for flubber. And he's just doing bits the whole time. He's, like, doing Reagan. (laughs) Just like, look, man, so we have to figure out how flubber gets you in a car. He's, like, doing Reagan in, like, 98. Yeah, that's got to be what Nick Cage is doing in this movie. Like, I'm sure, like, Dana Carvey's <laughs> really funny. 
doing some really offensive like Chinese character. <laughs> it's like nine writers who are just like, I, it's Tuesday, man. I just want to go home. I just want to see my family. <laughs> and kill for it. I'd love to he's see so that eccentric. so much. He's so eccentric. But yeah, this guy feels like he's just an absolute terror. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just holding everyone hostage. He's just on a ledge through half of this movie. And yeah, the psychiatrist character especially is just like the kid gloves she has to use on him in every scene. is like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, no, that's great. So She uh, is so good. Elizabeth yeah. Ashley. She's great. She's so good. She's in like Todd Solon's movies. Yeah, she's, she's definitely the, familiar. She's the old woman who really wants Ben Gazzara in Happiness. Mm. She's got that great smoky voice. Broadway star. Love her. The casting is so good. It's such a Nick Cage movie. All the women are great. All the guys, there is, I don't know, tech buddies, whatever the tech bros were in 1989. Right. These guys. Like, the yeah. IRA uh, account. They're uh, a publishing c- company, but yeah, the big wigs, the high rise, yeah. fat cats. They're great. All these, those are the scenes, like I said, play like American Psycho. I feel like they mm-hmm. just took just that and put it in a more. More obviously satirical movie, and I don't know. I think I think Vampire's Kiss really went for something. Whether intention, whether it was one guy forcing it and the other guy along for the ride. I do not know the director of this. Oh no, yeah, I, I don't either. Uh, John John Bierman, John Robert Bierman, mm, mm-hmm. and uh, I looked him up. There's one other. He did a TV movie for HBO that sounds so cool called Apology mm. with Peter Weller. About a art installation and a threatening phone call as part of the, the installation. It sounds crazy. So he did like two horror movies and then just did exclusively TV work after Vampire's Kiss. Hmm. You really get the sense that Nick Cage possibly bullied him out of making <laughs> movies. Maybe. Without knowing anything know. about this movie, doesn't seem like a stretch. Yeah, no, it seems like he probably showed up to set that first date and just started talking like, Hey, you know, I got in a Mortal Kombat with a bat. Yeah, there's Give like me a break. He eh? goes through like a Cockney and, portion of the movie. Yeah, and then he just sounds kind of like half asleep for the last half. Yeah. He's he's like a som- somnambulist kind of character through half this movie, and yeah, it, it does feel like they're trying to go for this like German expressionism. Yeah, and they're showing clips from showing Nosferatu. Nosferatu half yeah. the movie starts hunching and walking and yeah prowling like Nosferatu. So I think they were I think there was a sense of like the director probably gave him some kind of corny direction about how he wants him to act like a guy turning into a vampire. <laughs> and Nick Cage was like, "Uh-huh, yeah, okay, I could do that." And then yeah, it just walks around like uh, Lon Chaney, like just like as the phantom just like, Yeah, it's Nicolas Cage doing Lon Chaney mm-hmm. through a whole movie while assaulting Maria Conchita Alonso. Oh. For like woman. an hour. A poor woman. <laughs> this guy is an HR nightmare, this character, <laughs> yeah. Peter Lowe. He is smoking in the office. He is chasing after a woman. Is in this the, the office. life of a nineteen eighty nine New York literary this agent? Is, this is I have men, to take baby. Their, <laughs> I have to take their word for it. I assume so, yeah. Big suits. He kept like he had like a David Byrne jacket getting bigger and bigger every <laughs> Those scene. Shoulder pads grew throughout the. <laughs> they really made him more hunched, like nuts, like yeah, just like the early twenty. You know the guy loves Caligari. Exactly. He was, he was doing that whole wide eye thing. You've never seen wider eyes. 
on a man. Mm-hmm. The eyes just get bigger. I don't know how he does that. Yeah, his it makes you realize that half the time you see Nick Cage, his eyes are half closed. <laughs> in most roles. We see a lot of eye that we've never seen before. And yeah, you see a lot of the top of his eyeball in this movie, <laughs> which is strange. That is a new one. And the, the eyes widening and then the weird accent being like, it's the worst job and you have to do it. You have to. <laughs> but there's this like real like waspy kind of lispy affectation yeah, I can't to a lot do it, of it. Like I said, he's like in Last Days of Disco, but just with someone being like, I can't do this. <laughs> we can't do it. We can keep Beals, but we can't we can't do him. There's a reason why he works with people like Chloe Seventy. They can they can be trusted <laughs> to do those kind of things within reason. Mm-hmm. I can't I can imagine this guy just steamrolling a movie if he's that's power, man. That's yeah. like he was Brando in '89. I could he was al- always right. He was already Brando. And yeah, not having read any stories, I could also see this being something where he's like, "I'm doing one take. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna take it." I don't know. He this, of course, is one that he like speaks highly of. Oh yeah, yeah, probably because or or yeah, maybe maybe Beerman was just like, "Hey man, go for it." You're, Which you have. You're a genius. I love you. We're gonna make the weirdest movie possible. You have to. I hate when people. I hate when actors Maybe dump on their own performances. Mm. I never like it. Even if it's a dog shit performance. I want guys to be like, you know. I want uh, Richard Lynch to be like, oh yeah, that episode of The Equalizer I did. One of my favorites. Mm-hmm. It was great. The Knight Rider two-parter. <laughs> one of my best. Yeah, it's great, right? So I don't. I like when guys say, oh yeah, my work on Van... It's the finest work I've done. <laughs> that was a good cage. <laughs> Thank you. See, man, I cannot do voices. <laughs> yeah, no, he loves this one. And again, it's a, to me, it's surprising how early this is. Like he's starred in a few movies. Obviously, he hits the the big one with Moonstruck, but he hasn't quite become Nick Cage yet. Yeah, how do you go from in like my, in my estimation of it? Like five years earlier, he was like teenager number four in Fast Times. Yeah. How do you go from there to being like, I do voices? And I know actually. he's like a cousin of a Coppola kind of a thing. So he's grew up in the industry, obviously. So maybe he just, maybe this wasn't that big of a deal for him to just start making movies. And It's really too bad we didn't, like the know. timelines didn't align and he wasn't in uh, 92 Dracula. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's, the, that's the Coppola and Coppola. You know, he's, it's actually funny we're doing this. Now, because he is going to be in a movie, yeah, this month he's I be, think, he's where he eat is more Dracula. bugs, yeah, yeah, he's going to be eating a lot more bugs. <laughs> he loves eating bugs. He's going to have more uh, fake teeth, yeah. So something about Vampire's Kiss. Nobody asked Nick Cage to eat cockroaches in this movie. Ooh, that was a choice he brought to things. That's the decisions he that's, was making. That's a good example of a choice he made. Yeah, I'm just going to actually like a real co- he ate like that a live bug, cockroach. Man. He Ugh. ate that bug. Nick Cage eats bugs in this movie. I don't know what you can, you can't call that method. It's not like <laughs> Dustin Hoffman having to get in a character to have his teeth drilled in Marathon Man. That's right. just like, no, I know what I have to do. Like, yeah, Dustin Hoffman wasn't like, I want you to really drill my teeth. <laughs> right, man. <laughs> at, a le- at a certain point, you're just acting, dude. <laughs> like, so you can't, so you're doing this movie that's this existential crisis, but then you're one step away from like, yeah, and then Divine eats shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Like you're also filming a geek show, right? That's yeah, a decision. It, it uh, when he grabbed that pigeon, I was worried. I was like, right? "Don't, please, don't show us." Actually Once they eating established the cockroach eating, that cockroach was squirming too. Yeah, oh, you see how oh, much that thing oh, was fighting. Oh, 
that real cockroach that Nicolas Cage ate. Just got shivers. I didn't. Th- so I'm not going to make it in the apocalypse because I don't think I could eat a bug. Man, I don't think I could eat a living, moving bug. The apocalypse movies, I could never get fully into them because, like, pretty early on, they show like a family that hanged themselves, and I'm always like, "Yeah, that's where that's me." (laughs) (laughs) So it's like the rest of the movie is just like this story ain't my story. Yeah, I'd be like, "Well, I'm not gonna eat my loved ones. I'm not gonna live on with that memory." So, (laughs) anyways, digression. Uh, Hey, if if your friends uh, tell you that they're a vampire, seek help for them. I couldn't believe nobody thought to give this guy any help as he's running around this, like this a madman. This is a men- man. movie about mental illness, right? Yeah. Or is the, it a guy driven so insane because the decision that would make choosing between Casey Lemons or vampire Jennifer, that's like a Sophie's choice. Mm-hmm. It would drive a man insane. You know. That you, is true. If one of them was a vampire, maybe. Or if just had really sharp bicuspids. Yeah, it's and you're already tripping. Still Jennifer Beals. Yeah. It's still Jennifer Beals. It's a tough call. So I get going insane. It's just crazy that he got to do it for like an hour of this movie. <sighs> he they they take their time with this one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, man, forty five minutes in, like, wow, he's kinda getting a little nuts now. And then it's just another hour of him just getting worse. He reads and the worse. alphabet in the scene. He does. I love with his like hands on bit. his hips, like a saucy little teapot. The uh, yeah, telling telling the teacher I never misfiled anything while he's crossing his arm. Uh, not the teacher, but you know, it's like the psychiatrist as the he turns into a five year old in that seat. Just like I never misfiled anything in my life. Yeah, his <laughs> accent changes the whole movie. The whole movie is just a, a series of choices. I did love that that whole bit about the the contract and having to find the contract and the guy calling and being like yeah it's no big deal and then him just being like well I couldn't get a, a word in edgewise <laughs> you're really it's, you really I'm lo- trying, this is right? your you are really now using the British accent now, now. <laughs> every increasing level of hatred he has for Maria Conchita Alonso who's dressed like she's from the cast of Mama's Family. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> is yeah. just bigger and bigger and his eyes keep getting bigger and bigger and like he starts using mescaline as an excuse. He might really just be doing Which is like though. is a good get out of jail free card at your job. <laughs> you want to basically spread that around the workplace. Like if you're if you're just like not really getting a lot done on a on a weekday and you just say like you did a lot of mescaline the night before. You tend to get a pretty sympathetic response. Well, he jumped on a desk, <laughs> like straight high jumped this desk, and then ran this woman out of the room into the women's bathroom. I mean, mescaline or vampire. Well, when I say it's, it's gonna like go a, a movie from the 20s, he really starts acting like he's the only guy in the movie in a stage play. And everybody else is kind of reacting to him like a man. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of jumping around like a hitting his marks that's what i mean yeah it's just such a weird like why, why is no one talking to this guy why is no one sending someone over to be like are you okay and then there's a bunch of scenes of him smoking and wearing sunglasses <laughs> a lot in the office he's clearly like assaulting just un uh unknowing people on the streets in several scenes of this movie there's no way some of these people were extras it's just oh, Nick I Cage imagine screaming that he's a vampire at 3 a.m. All in New the York. all the scenes where he's on the street, I have to imagine he just went out there and did those, just yeah. running down the street yelling, <laughs> "I'm a vampire! They're, I'm they're, a vampire!" They're all like filmed from a distance, <laughs> so it feels like they're totally filming a jackass bit. 
yeah. in the middle of this movie. And all the people act exactly like someone in New York who's like, oh, this fucking crazy guy. Yeah, there's couples that are just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Because <laughs> it's Cage running up with a wooden stake covered in blood. You with can't his just hair run- somehow sideways. I know. In that final scene where he's just sh- shambling around having his fake conversation. Hair is sideways. I don't know. I can't think of like a more disarming thing that any of us like the hum- in the human experience than like Nick Cage running across a street at you <laughs> like covered in blood. Like what would happen if that if you were just walking home? Yeah. You can't do that to people. No. Or yeah, is it is it worse because it's Nick Cage and someone's like, is this a bit Nick Cage? Yeah. Or are you gonna? Hit I don't know. Me with that two by four. Nick, he feels crazy in this. You wouldn't want that man running towards you on the street. Oh, There's no. no way those people knew. That's a guy I, I crossed the street. That's a guy <laughs> you watch out. They were across the street already. Yeah. You watch out for a guy like that. Was it worth it for Vampire's Kiss? It's a hell of a uh, performance <laughs> at the end when he's gone full disconnected and he's having the fake conversation on the street. Oh yeah, with the psychiatrist who introduces him to Sharon. To oh to Jessica, and then they're throwing Jessica Lundy at me. Yeah, how'd they know? Right? <laughs> How did Sharon. they know? What a beautiful name! And he's having this this fake conversation where he's admitting to raping and killing people. <laughs> it's like, oh, people get killed in New York every day. That was funny. That scene was funny. But then it cuts back he to He did him. rape a woman every like time two it, days Every before. time the movie starts to get funny, it cuts back to Nick Cage just like in a very distressed way of just sadly be- rambling on the street. Yeah. And uh, pretending he loves It's this crazy descent Sharon. movie, man. And, uh, it's not that different from leaving Las Vegas. And when, when he starts up a love relationship with fake Sharon, though, and then starts yelling at her <laughs> and breaks up with her. Yeah. That was like, that felt like he just did that on his own. Like, none of that seemed scripted. Yeah. Of him just standing there and being like, oh, oh, you want to? And then just you like know there's, having this fake fight in his head. There's this historically kind of crazy performances like John Goodman in Big Lebowski. Sure. Where it just feels like. Or John like... Goodman in Barton Fink or John Goodman in <laughs> right. Ten Cloverfield. Yeah. And you, you find out. When he says, no, every single thing's on the on the page. Yeah, yeah. They wrote it just like this. And I did it like that. It's like, oh, they have, like, I don't get the sense that's how this was written. <laughs> In a lot of these scenes, this feels like Cage really just having his own vision. Him vamping through that whole club. Yeah. That's, that was a great scene. In sunglasses, that guy... If you're an extra and this guy's brushing past you, man, I'd be on edge the whole time. <laughs> this big fake plastic vampire teeth. I was front row at like a Pete Holmes show the other month. It's just like, here we go. <laughs> like front row center. Like there, There's no way I'm avoiding this. Island. Like it's terrible. I had no idea it was so bad. Mm. I couldn't do anything. I just locked eyes with this guy for 90 minutes. It's all you could do. You're like closer than you are to me right now. And Nick Cage is doing that to strangers this entire movie, just forcing eye contact. It's crazy. While like, looking, like, yeah, like cap, Cabinet of Caligari. I think this, I think this really won me over by its <laughs> incessant. Like it does not relent. It keeps going. And just when you think, like, well, he can't get away with that the whole movie. He just keeps getting away with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really liked it, but uh, it is not the comedy I was expecting. Yeah, and I. Even, I mean, I just felt like his wails of anguish were just a little too real. <laughs> this was like, pain, not enough funny. Man. Like, yeah, he's not like funny when he's walking around 
asking people to kill him, putting the gun in his mouth and shooting the blanks. <laughs> no. So, oh, my Lord. So in the, the fly, which is way more mm. scary and intense and, and dehumanizing than, than this movie, uh, we get to see like at least a little bit of Jeff Goldblum like, being cool with his powers. Like he's like yeah, he likes being. Yeah, he's like he's into it until like his skin starts falling off. Like it's like yeah, you're feeling like you're a newly functioning man. Cage never gets to like be cool with it. Yeah, it seems like being a vampire sucks. <laughs> yeah, like you, <laughs> like none of the stuff with Jennifer Beals is like as cool. It's this immediate weird mom relationship, and uh, yeah, he's all, just getting his all of his relationships sucked. get like ruined. Good. <laughs> in every way every every new relationship he is the clear crazy part of that pairing it's just always going down man no yeah. wonder he, it made more it makes so much more sense now that they got him in bad lieutenant because mm. it's like a crazy less serious version of you know rv Keitel in bad lieutenant right just a guy fallen but it's just also very funny how he does it it's not serious it's not going the same it's not we never get full naked and screaming. Yeah, yeah. Don't get yeah. there. Kaitel is, yeah, that was more real. This is definitely so exaggerated. But also, like, I don't know, you see some people on the street, and it's like, yeah, that's kind of what people look like sometimes <laughs> on the street. Yeah. Just rambling to themselves, yelling to themselves, having fake fights with imaginary people. Maybe, yeah, maybe I just see that a little too much. Yeah. So maybe that's more real, right? Like, that's maybe probably. in 88, like, that's not something you saw a lot. Unless maybe you lived in... I also think there's something about the city in this movie. Like, it opens and closes with a skyline shot. Yeah. Two towers, prominently featured. Always love that. How emotional do you get seeing the towers? You know, single tear rolled down my eye. The one? I said, never forget, motherfucker. Got the one? Yeah. Uh, but there's so many scenes that kind of had that uh, Qantas Katza, like... Uh, the city is whoa, unnatural. Whoa. You know, whoa. like going down the We're going Chris Marker. Down the high you know, the the Manhattan uh, skyline <laughs> and the highways and it's just like the noise there's all this like re- like ambient like he's hearing everyone else's conversations and Sure. It felt like a yeah, there's just I was like, this is a really unsettled like you're seeing things through windows and there's a voyeuristic thing going on and uh you were getting the real Koyanis Quatsi. Yeah. I was getting full Quatsi <laughs> mode on that. And it's like, oh man, the, there's just all the cars and the traffic. We're like, the ants. Shot until you really go, like, oh, remember in La Jete when. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, man. You know, the, t- the tunnel work was like what? as good as the tunnel work in Zombie. It's not, you know, you know it, I don't like how I watch movies, but that's just what happens. But <laughs> we do get Nicolas Cage with a bloody mouth carrying a stake around actual New York City streets, not Toronto streets or something. Mm hmm. And uh, that's that's something. That's big. And the thing, the emotions this taps into were a little more unexpected than, like you said, the comedy. Yeah. It's funny, but it's uh, it's weird. It weirdly affecting. It if has, you let it, like be. I said, it has funny moments, but then those moments will die because something just terrible or anguish comes. Some yelping scream comes out yeah. of him. That's just like. Well, that's not funny. There's a pain that feels present <laughs> yeah. through a lot of this ridiculousness. And it's yeah. kind of a weird vibe. It's a weird mood. It's I don't think I'd want to see this in a room with other people. Mm. 
It's too Nick Cage has too commanding of, of every person in this movie is like hypnotizing in a different well, way. Well, yeah, and because of the you know the memes and the stuff you see from it, I feel like this is a movie if we play if they played this at a oh sure double feature night, it's like. People will be laughing their asses off at yeah. this thing as he's oh he's running down the street yelling I'm a vampire that's and it hilarious is, and it is I mean it is funny but it's this weird uh, lack of realizing that Nicolas Cage know, he knows the joke he's not doing this on accident he's making the choices it's like laughing at him for making the choices I don't get it right right this guy's the king like you said he got away with it this is the start of the biggest stretch of his career. The 90s were, yeah. he was the biggest dude. He the was. The whole decade. And then and then you look back. And, and this you, is what he did right before it. Even his biggest movies, he's able to get away with some of that. Like, even as Stanley Goodspeed in The Rock, he's able to have those wild Nick Cage moments yeah. of yelling and excitement. And Unstoppable. He gets to work with everybody he wants to. He gets to make the weird movies he wants and be in the biggest he movies He gets to own time. exotic eggs. Yeah, exactly. He owns like what eighteen islands or something. He's doing okay. He's doing okay. I'm glad there's people like that. I'm glad there's people that way oversell on real estate mm-hmm. and end up with nine too many houses, too many divorces. I'm glad that there's a guy doing that. Yeah, that's wearing different hair pieces. <laughs> Some better than others. Doesn't yeah. give a fuck. <laughs> Richard Anderson. Once he was just like. I'm wearing the same exact silver part for the rest of my career. Well, and he's he just did it. Yeah, Nicolas Cage is using every movie to try on new hair. I feel like he's he's one of those last like movie stars who is like this person. You know, like back in the '60s, '70s, I feel like movie stars being flamboyant and weird. Maybe there was more of that. Yeah, he or gets maybe it wasn't so exaggerated. But for him to be this wild persona, but never like have anything where he's like a creep. Or a bad dude. <laughs> like, he's never had that problem. He's just always been like, yeah, he's weird, right? He's a weird guy. Yeah. And he's in 150 movies. He's a megastar. And he'll be in 150 more. He's one of the he's biggest done. stars of our lifetime. And there's, undeniably. And for, you know, the, the great thing with him is for every, like, five movies that are not good, he'll have one that's, like, really great. Even in, like, <laughs> 2016 or something. It's like, even before Mandy, it's like... Every, like, half a dozen of those movies in between, you know. Totally. Right? They're a, among the best stuff like, of the last decade. There's some good stuff in there. It'll be right next to other stuff that's, like, middle row at Redbox. Mm-hmm. You're like, what, what is this? Time to kill. Yeah. Like the Grisham novel? No. No. And there'll be these movies you've never heard of right in between the best performances of his career. Mandy, Pig. Jeez, the old way. He's great mm. in a Western. He's finally doing a Western. He's great in it. He's been great in everything we've talked about. Yeah. There's I, movies that we'll never get to do with him that he's great in. Exactly. I bet Sonny's really great. Joe? Sure. Joe. I bet Joe's fucking great. Joe's probably great. He has one every two, three years that's just so good. Yeah. I can't wait to do Honeymoon in Vegas. Sure. I'll do two I'll do I'll do leave two hours Vegas. on honeymoon in Vegas. <laughs> we'll do yeah. a two a two a twofer. We'll do the honeymoon and then we'll leave. I mean obviously we'll do leaving with honeymoon. But right, like he was able to win an Oscar with the craziness. Right. He was able to take that wow attitude and like win the ultimate award with it. People are like, Yes, this is what you do. This is the best you've ever done it. Yeah. This and of- it's a really sad like uh like that. To me, his craziness always has that element of the sadness to it. 
So yeah, it's not fair. I, I don't think to like meme it, how and, and make fun of it because I think it's always got that depth. And Mandy, it's there. And uh, yeah, this guy it's didn't always been. This there. guy didn't do leaving Las Vegas by accident. This guy didn't yeah. stumble backwards into being do, be so good in bringing out the dead. This guy made choices in Vampire's Kiss that led to him getting to make choices ten years later in mm-hmm. bringing out the dead. And hitting up the rock and all Con Air, all those in between. This guy's had this guy's had like a top ten career. Imagine getting to have that nineties. Who yeah. compares to that? The nineties were insane. Yeah. Whoever could compare to that decade with Cage? It's like unbeatable. That's the best life. Who cares? He could be doing the worst shit now. Michael Prey's had a long career. He is in so many movies. I like that comparison. Like Perret was supposed to be the cage, but Cage came in and took cage it from just him. took it. Yeah, Cage took it. He broke rules, man. Perret has worked and had a great career, but you know he's had that Eric Roberts career, mm-hmm. but without the with, he's the he gets the stuff that Eric Roberts right you know, under there's Roberts. A cho- there's yeah. a chain, right? And Roberts he's there. takes the Cage stuff that Cage doesn't want. Yeah, right. There's a hierarchy, and it's undeniable. Cage, and has now the, that there's no more Bruce Willis, who's going to fill that right? spot? Yeah, and so Cage just has this ability now to put in the best performance of the year in Pig, and I bet there was two other movies that have him with like a weird, like prosthetic beard, like holding a handgun and wearing a flannel. One hundred percent. There's like two of those Cage movies yeah. a year. I think the same like year a, as Pig was like, yes, like he's doing katana blade work with. <laughs> Some theme park attraction gone wrong or something. <laughs> yeah. And it's great. It's so, it's like the coolest career, 40 years of it. So, yeah, you're, you, you were the guy that I knew before anyone else was really hyping Nick Cage. It was all That's so, funny. it was so sincere and loving and so earnest I'd... and earned. But you know what? Yeah. For me, it was, it really was always one of those like when you've uh, had an old friend for so long that you don't, really day-to-day take into account like oh man this person's done a lot for me or this person's been there for a lot or whatever the case yeah. may be and nick cage is definitely one of those guys where it's like his were the first like r-rated movies i was watching right his he, were the you know he was the we'll, superstar we'll, when we'll you talk were about, at the uh, perfect age for yeah that. we'll talk about adaptation later oh wow and that performance i think was the first time where i got like oh oh this guy's a genius this guy's <laughs> right. brilliant and of, of course, I'm 20 at the time, being like, I have, I know movies, <laughs> but that was definitely a movie where I was like, oh, okay, we're doing sure. different. And then he makes one that of those every else. five years. He yeah. makes a movie that's just different. And we watched uh, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. What wow. a fun, just kind of different, meta, perfect one of, Nick Cage. One of the movie. funniest perfect. movies I've seen in the last five years, and that's a funny, and movie. one of the most like kind of touching movies yeah. I've seen in weird, like Nick Cage has the power to move me he makes choices and i'm not but your love of him was like you didn't see why somebody wouldn't want to see ghost rider at Two. the theater Two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this man. guy's earned a little bit of cash that was in our lives that was a people. marvel hero before the mcu that counts for something yeah getting to see like a nick cage movie like that in a theater is just like why yeah. would you of course why would you not want to see the new nick cage project theater it's like seeing matthew mcconaughey in the beach bum Sure. Like this is what movies these guys get to make. We got to support these guys doing this kind of dumb shit. Mm-hmm. And God, Vampire's Kiss, he did it, and then became a mega star because of it. 
or yeah. in spite of it. Yeah, exactly. Bad reviews, bad box office, didn't matter. Didn't kill him. Nope. Sorry, Eddie and the Cruisers. <laughs> nope. Get the get, get out of here, Parade. <laughs> you can do a one-season TV show maybe one time, yeah. and then you can coast. This guy got it, though. He got it. We chose him. Cage got chosen. He made these choices. They could have ruined him. Didn't. Bulletproof. So good. Because he's the best. So good. So, yeah, we're going to spend, like, the next month talking Cage. What have we got? We got Wicker Man on tap. Yeah, I think we got to give that a fair shake, right? I've never seen Wicker Man, and I can't wait to go in Mm -hmm. open-minded on Wicker Man, our, our original Wicker Man episode. That's a tough movie to top. Yeah. And I am just hoping for something, its own thing. I'm so excited I for think, to see. I it's Neil LeBute. that. So you know it's going to like hate women. <laughs> so I, I have a hunch that's going to be a theme going in. Uh, I've been clued in. Yeah. So I'm hoping it's like Nick much. Cage getting to do Wicker Man as in the company of men. Hmm. That's what I'm going in. Going, that's the bar I'm setting. I think you'll be... Pleasant, uh, we, pleasantly surprised. No, we have to hit up adaptation. Yep. When we talked about the most important Nicolas Cage, when we thought about him leading up to two hundred with him, it's like adaptation was the movie. Yeah, I saw it like twenty one years old, and just like again, Pig changed the way I think about things. Adaptation is a movie that changed the way I thought about life, mm-hmm. and so I'm dying to see that twenty one years later after seeing it at uh, the Rialto. Right. So, and then uh, Mandy. And then Mandy. We're going to cap it off with 200. God, I'm kind of scared to that watch one's Mandy. Just, that episode's just going to be us being like, oh, <laughs> that the movie, whole time. That, movie, that guy's movies messed me up. <laughs> Beyond I, the Black Rainbow messed me. Yeah. <laughs> this guy, I'm excited to talk Mandy. That movie is, visuals from that have stuck with me. Nick Cage is just in memorable movies every two years. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's Spielberg. He works so much that there's always something for you there. There's always something new coming around. A western now, uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, he's probably got five movies in the in the in, in production mode on IMDb. In in the unbearable way to massive talent, funny, funny, great movie. Like about him walking away from acting, being done with acting. Like we have never had a chance to miss Nicholas Cage. <laughs> that's true. He has been a constant for like 40 years now. That is true. This guy with the teeth. It'd be like if somehow Gary Busey was like (laughs) super durable. Busey had a a good run, right? For being like motorcycle accident Gary Busey. (laughs) Like he had a a good stretch after the accident, right? Uh, Pretty unbeatable. But like Cage is not. That That's true. Right? I, I I bet there's not one year that he doesn't have something like on IMDb yeah. since yeah eighty five. Yeah, and not like slumming. No, he can still do movies, man. This guy does franchises. National Treasure <laughs> is going to be episodes two hundred one to two hundred three. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nick Cage hijacked Vampires. He could hijack this podcast. It could suddenly just become Nicolas Cage. It might be a spinoff. Yeah, we might have to do a cage match spinoff. He, he has that power. He's a star. Mm-hmm. He could be in any movie today. I'd accept it. 
if he was in that movie Babylon, God, I bet oh, Babylon would right? have been incredible. Excellent. If he showed up in House of Gucci. Oh, uh, come on. Oh, my God. He would have been so much better in Gucci. He fits in every movie. Put him in every Adam Driver role. I'd love it. In fact, he's not doing enough movies. That's a problem. <laughs> yeah, that is a problem. We need to talk to him. <laughs> I'm exactly. going days, he, days without a Nick, new Nick Cage His movie. tax problems are not bad enough. <laughs> he needs to get more. Get busy, Nick. Yeah. yeah. But you're right. It's not like when you look at Johnny Depp's IMDb and it's just like, oh, yeah, there's some slumps for reasons. Mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage doesn't slump because there's no reason for him. To, people want to work with this. They're drawn to working with him even though they know it's <laughs> could, yeah. be, could be hard. He's worth it because he's the king. So we're going to talk about a lot yeah. more Nicolas Cage. He's important to both of our film-going lives. 200. Mm. Seems impossible. Here we come. It's not in the bag yet. Those episodes don't no. exist yet. No, that's true. It could true. stumble. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. You never know. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. It came to this. It did. More Cage. Always. Buckle up. I can always take more Cage. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for listening. And good night.